This is the Game Theory Podcast, Episode 16, Sex and Violence, with Brian Fife, Jim Fingal, and Tom Westberg. I'm Brian. I'm Jim. And I'm Tom. And this is the Game Theory Podcast. Today's episode is Sex and Violence. Two topics near and dear to uh, every video game player's heart. One of the things that it caused us to think about was the way that violence in video games and also sex in video games is similar or different to other types of media. The the thick frosting that we have to spread over this, this whole discussion, really, you know, the underpinning of this whole discussion is the uh, Jonathan Blow article, I think, in some ways. The one that you linked uh, a week or two ago, thoughts about App Store curation? I, I just watched a, a lecture uh, given by him today uh, called Video Games and the Human Condition, if that gives you a sense for his level of discourse there. But in, in this article, he also you know notes that if if people's preconceived notions about video games is that they're violent and they're stupid and um, they're not really taken seriously, to some degree, to a large degree, that's the fault of the people who have been creating video games that are dumb and and stupid and whatnot. And certainly there are uh, exceptions to that. There are lots of exceptions to that. And that's you know why we're into video games. Uh, but uh, unlike other media, uh, it, video games are in, in this position where when Fifty Shades of Grey comes out, that doesn't uh, malign people's idea of what books are or, or what, what literature is as a whole, because there are these touch points where, you know, we know that there are these fine works of, of literature or uh, or great books. Formerly banned books, right? I mean, that that's that's part of the point. Yeah, the banned books uh, come to uh, to be a touchstone of, of what we find to be great literature often. I mean, that that's something that, like, video games don't have that. Very rarely are the banned video games the, the really deep ones that are commenting on uh, society and, and when people see a new version of Postal or Call of Duty or or whatnot, I think Blow's point is that they're not totally unjustified in uh, having a sort of dark view of the the medium as a whole because such a large percentage of uh, of games are like that. And when they come across things that are transgressive, they're rarely actually deep or profound. Yeah, a subsequent generation has not come back to Manhunt and discovered that it has really redeeming values and deep questions that it was asking. It's just trashy violence. Yeah, and video games will uh, will never be art. <laughs> that too. I think it's a little bit grandiose or, or maybe just misleading to uh, look at the artistic aspirations of video games and compare it to books. I, we're not going to debate the video games as art part. But I just want to suggest that the creation of a book is almost always a solitary creative act. There may be an editor involved and a marketing staff if you're Stephen King at the publishing company. Otherwise, very few other people are involved. There are single-person creations for independent video games, but the, the great majority of video games that take up our mindshare are actually corporate product, and they're probably better compared to the the latest Disney or Sony film, and as such, they are market tested as much as possible, and 
That's why we have loads of sequels and, and such. And that's probably a reason that we can be fairly critical of them when they're exploiting violence. And video games, of course, more exploit violence than sex. But that's only for lack of the the indie people coming up with a decent way to, to sneak it into games ubiquitously. Yeah, well, and I think the sort of corollary to what you're saying or in support of what you're saying is the fact that there are good movies that are made and there are good books that are published and there are bad ones. And we just tend to forget about the bad movies because we know that there are good ones among them. And it seems like all we get, you know, raised up to us are the, the bad games. And uh, I've really struggled with this idea of are games more violent than movies? Um, you know, one of the things that I asked us to do was look at, just as a point of um, reference, the, the top 10 movies for the year and the top 10 games for the year uh, to see what those lists look like. And I was actually surprised to see, uh, it shouldn't be unexpected, but, but a, a fair amount of diversity in the list of games. I mean, Just Dance 4 made the top 10. There was an NBA game. There was a uh, soccer game. There was a Madden NFL, of course. Lego Batman made the top 10 list. And then, you know, Halo and Call of Duty and uh, Borderlands 2. My sense is that the like games like Call of Duty have such a large mindshare because they're these AAA titles where when you go to PAX, there's a you know 50-foot tall soldier that's staring at Max Payne that's, that's staring at a space marine. Uh, but be careful. Just just as you figure that an explicit tag on a podcast makes us more credible, you forget the fact that PG-13 movies do better than R-rated simply because parents will let the kids go to those. And so a Lego Batman is probably not going to get that sort of credibility, but there is a large audience that it, it is going to be allowed to buy that one. After all, video games at some level are toys, and toys are for kids. Games that are for, for kids, I think similar to TV that's for kids or movies that are for kids, is sort of, you know, unless you have kids, it's sort of swept under the rug in the the cultural uh, picture of, you know, what, what works are being created. They're rarely talked about in in mainstream media, you know, although there, there has been some <laughs> decent mention of the Lego series of games, uh, to be, to be fair. I've, I've read a few things that have said, you know, they're not that bad. Um, but I, I think what I'm hearing you say is, you know, toy story or whatever, everybody will, will go and watch that because it's good. Well, well I'm, I'm saying, yeah, and not everybody wants to go see my little pony, the game or whatever. So there, there are movies like toy story and up and, and brave and whatnot that are kids movies that, have wide releases uh like have have large budgets uh, hit a large audience but um my my sense is that there's this uh whole world of of things below that that uh that come out that many many people watch that are are just missed by the i guess cultural mavens who who talk about movies the similarities in the 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 two forms of entertainment we, we go back to it often between audiovisual, the more passive ones, and, and video games, which pretty much require your, your interaction. They uh, have 
a similar addiction to, at, at the very least, violence. In, in American movies and television, it's more violence than sex. That reflects American culture perhaps more. And in video games, I suspect it's more that because of the fact that in video games you are directly interacting with the characters, it's difficult to the point of creepy to actually try to do something mechanical that that uh, is sexual. So what you're talking about is sort of the the reference to violence is just a, d- a different type of puzzle kind of comment, right? Yeah. Well, you're 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 right. You're in a first person shooter. You're uh, moving a mouse or uh, the one one of your two joysticks around to aim and another to move yourself. Those have almost no. A decent analog to to the physical action of using a weapon or moving yourself across a battlefield. It's it's not like they they would feel physically like that. Nor does the vibration of the controller do much more than give you a sense that something just happened. While we accept that mapping, uh, that uh, pretty much the uh, id people gave us in Wolfenstein for shooters. We haven't come up with anything that um, manages to connect for us and and make sense to us between what we see on the screen and what we're doing with our hands um, to to have anything to do with with sex or anything sexy. And so, ge- generally, sex in video games is going to be a Grand Theft Auto uh, visual. It's, it's 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 more okay. There are pole dancers here. They have nothing to do with you, but they're around. It's it's closer to Game of Thrones doing its sex position to make sure you're not bored listening to all the narration go by. Yeah, the the requisite we're on HBO, so everybody take off your top kind yes. of a kind of a move. As I thought about you know sexy content in games, it's hard for me to say that sex you know pole dancer type you know thing that you're saying is really that different from a lot of the trash that makes its way into mainstream movies or or anything else for that matter the thing that i was struggling to really try to get my my hands around is when you think about romance or you think about love as it you know as it is a part of the continuum that includes sex it's pretty clear to me that there there are movies that really nail that and there are many that don't well there are some movies that make it their project to uh to deal with that versus window dressing so dancing around the, this this idea of where violence and 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 sex and and nudity and whatnot can uh, can be this thing that you insert into a game or insert into a movie and it automatically makes it more compelling for some large percentage of the audience, no matter how maturely it's dealt with. And then I thought about the you know the window dressing you know romance. It's often a part of an action movie. You know, and it, it's not generally any more sustaining than the kind of crap people put in the games. You know, I keep getting hung up on Mass Effect, right? And uh, for those of you that haven't played Mass Effect, you, you have, I think, in every game, the opportunity to develop a romance with one of the characters uh, of your choice in the game. And it eventually culminates with some kind of a, you know, tastefully done or whatever sex scene. And why is that even in there? You know, does that add some dimension to the game or, you know, are we wrong to even criticize it? Because 
you know, why not talk about the the stupid love interest in the Jason Statham movie instead and criticize that? Yeah, I mean, Tom Bissell had an interesting take on it in his uh, piece on uh, Mass Effect 3 in, in Grantland where he was basically talking about how it shouldn't be the case that in a, a world as fully realized as as Mass Effect with the sorts of goals that you actually have in the game that you're running around like clicking, trying to uh, trying your best to to seduce your crewmates because like you know that that if you click all the right buttons you'll be able to get access to to that scene yeah and it's like some buried easter egg that people have to grind out right that's a point that you're making as well i mean it subverts the general mood uh and you know believability of uh for whatever uh whatever that gives you of of the game to to have uh, this commander who is constantly trying to seduce every crew member <laughs> yeah the penny arcade guys made a similar joke you know related to that with mass effect just where you know you're trying to save the universe but can you do a side quest of find these 10 missing crates for this shopkeeper it's just like come on guys that's that's not going to happen uh you know i also thought of the you know spousal system in fable which is not only extremely superficial, it, it gets, you know, real deep into the uncanny valley of sort of, you know, there's there's not actually anything that you do. It It's sort of like, why, am, why, why is this mechanic even in here, right? Though that is of a piece with Fable in general, reaching for things that it cannot quite grasp. That's that's a good point. I don't know if there's any concept of, of romance in, in Skyrim or those games. I mean, Jim, what do you say? My main impression of Skyrim is that you wander around killing walruses in the frozen north, and you don't uh, you don't do the main storyline. If uh, if my observations of of Chris's plane based you know. on your your data sample, that that that's the conclusion my you've come to. Data sample of one, yeah, killing dragons and uh, also killing helpless animal wildlife. If there is, uh, it's I don't think it's any deeper than. Uh, than characters of of the opposite or same sex uh, saying saucy things to you, yeah. But the the game that I've actually been playing recently that uh, the word you don't want to say is issue it gets at the issue of of relationships, <laughs> uh, the issue of uh, of infidelity. Uh, but anyways, so Catherine is this this game that is it's sort of split into almost three different parts, one of which is this anime movie showing cutscenes. Uh, you're the character that you play is this uh, early 30s software programmer who uh, has been dating someone uh, who's your age for the last, I don't think it specifies how many years, but more or less the last five years. Also, your your accidental infidelity with a much younger woman of, of the same name uh, and the... Uh, you're you freaking out as you go back and forth trying to trying to do the right thing or do the wrong thing depending on your choices in the game there's that there's hanging out in a bar like sending text messages to people talking to your friends uh, where you you talk to them about your your relationship uh about your ideas of whether or not you're gonna you're gonna go with the one catherine or or the other catherine and then this like bizarre puzzle world that's like this elaborate metaphor where you're in your underwear, like climbing up these, these blocks and, and you have these horns and you're in this world where there's all these sheep around and all the sheep are all men who in, uh, in the, the real world have been cursed because of their infidelity. You're, you're put in a, conf- a confessional booth 
as you you go between level to level and are are asked like pretty serious questions that you know are not asked in Halo. I mean, one of the questions that always comes up when I hear about a game like this is it sort of kind of has the Metal Gear or the Final Fantasy kind of problem where there's the story that's being told in cutscenes and then some other game that kind of has something to do thematically with the story, but is also separable, right? Well, I so what I think is very interesting about this is like the 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 pacing of the pacing of the game is super weird. Uh, the parts of the game are very different, but they also they play with each other very well. For for example, in you know in some of these like torture bl- the block world puzzles you, where you're pulling things out and you're trying to climb up some of them you're just climbing up and you're trying to beat the clock and other ones you're you're being chased by like a demonic fetus that is is saying you know daddy daddy don't abandon me <laughs> yike that's that's creepy <laughs> not all of it is is super deep and and certainly a lot of it plays into these ideas of you know uh, typical like gender roles of the guy who is evading responsibilities, but it also sort of forces you to uh, to actually think about these things and and feel these these very like unsettling emotions as as you're going through it, uh, particularly for the the choices that you're making, but also uh, that your the situations that that you find the character in that are pretty different than. Uh, any other game that that I've played at least that features relationships of any kind. So uh, an example of a game that, that does try to, to address these concepts and ideas in a format that is distinctly video game, right? It's still true to what it is. Yeah, it's like you have to you have to make choices. There's actually, you know, as as simplistic as it as it sounds, there's there's a meter that tracks you know how good or bad your your decisions are on the the moral poles, and that has an impact on how how your character acts in the cutscenes or your your dialogue options. There are like meaningful choices with consequences that you can make that that interact with those aspects of the story. It's not just a movie that plays while you're not playing the 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 time block puzzler. Sure. When I tried to think of you know any other game that that deals with issues of romance or intimacy in in an interesting way the only one that i could come up with with was the recently released uh, karate cow which i'm playing now and uh you know that's a whole different angle on the problem which is you start the game out as uh, the princess's lover and you're trying to rescue her but most people will find that they're not good enough to reach the princess on the first try and when they're defeated they come back as the monk most people will also not be able to make it through as the monk, and so then you come back as the brute, who's this big, hulking, you know, strong guy. When he gets to the end, he kind of throws the princess over his shoulder and drags her off. She's not too thrilled to be saved by him. That seems like an example where there there are these poles of, uh, I guess, interactions between a man and a woman uh, that that can come out of things. Though that seems more like more like commentary than than like an integral part of the game right oh, absolutely but it's sure i mean it's still just thought-provoking you know i think one of the one of the big things about special ops line or whatever is how the violence changed the the protagonist and and you know sort of what kind of shape he ended up in in the end and blah 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 and this is kind of a indirect way of approaching that which is is the sort of guy who you know beheads 500 guards to get to the princess really somebody that the princess is going to 
be super cool with or not? Yeah, well, bring in the question, the motivations for why someone would uh, rescue a princess. Well, yes, or they had 500 guards because that may be what he's actually getting off on. Whenever video games or movies try to get deep on uh, matters of, of uh, sex or violence as opposed to just freely uh, exploiting it, they they often get great reviews by, by critics and so forth. I, I recall Oliver Stone's Natural Born Killers getting rave reviews, but reading one uh, one review that was quite disturbed at how much the audience was getting into the violence. And it was it was dawning on the reviewer that that the audience around him was not really viewing it on the same level that he was. And uh, he, he was having a hard time getting over the fact that he really thought it was great the way it caught the surreal everyday madness of the image culture and and that sort of thing while everybody else was just in enjoying all the bodies. Yeah, I, I think that's common across film and across video games that, that it's often actually an excuse that people who who make exploitative games uh, or exploitative movies use where, you know, they're out is, oh, like, you know, clearly it's satire that there's so much violence in this movie. Uh, you're, you're just not getting it. <laughs> I think that was used for, what was that movie with the like the baby doll princesses in, in the dream world sucker punch. Yeah. That was like a deep, you know, dark satire, obviously. <laughs> One of the things that, that I started thinking about as, as I was looking at this topic is, you know, what are the taboos that stand in movies that we take for granted in games that we take for granted? I don't even know that there's any even attempted taboo in book. I think we've blown through all those. Certainly you don't have violence against kids. That's something that, almost every game will not allow you to do, right? Bioshock? Uh, yes, but that's a, that's an exception to the rule, and that's tied into the whole theme of the of the thing. Most games will not allow you to hurt a child. Is that because something that would actually prevent units from being sold and it was edited out? I mean, I, I remember in the Postal game, you could, you know, take a flamethrower to a school full of kids that, that came out of... Uh, the, the classroom but that was pretty purposefully trying to be as offensive and and gross as possible in the majority of games that are not like that that are still ultra violent i i think that that pretty much still does uh does hold uh, and it seems like there's there's some self-policing going on there yeah and as as much as i understand the motivation and agree with with what they're doing in principle it just seems ridiculous taken in the context of the rest of the game ridiculous in which way the, the fact that postal decided that they need to be what they would have called transgressive or that everybody else has games that are generally quite violent but they they sanitize or, or disable the possibility of having violence against kids I, yeah it really depends on what you're trying to do and Mostly, what most of the games are are doing is violence is in there as as a way to key you up and be something that visually you can be interacting with. And some people who get tired of doing this game after game, year after year, actually try to frame a, a narrative on it to um, 
make it have have some significance as many directors and screenwriters have tried to do in movies over the years but largely it's it's the violence is just there to be entertaining yeah and they they continue upping the ante and i think the easiest way that they do you know raise their game is add more graphic violence yes yes yeah so to get concrete i mean we're talking like really abstractly about violence um I mean, I think even in the realms of first-person shooters, in my mind, I, I divide the games that so games like uh, like Halo or like the the Doom games. There's a lot of violence, but it tends to be against monsters or zombies or violence against non-human terrors. Yeah, bogeymen. Yeah, not yeah. not not human people. Yeah, zombies start to cross over into the well. It's it's sort of like a person, but it's okay because it's uh, it's a zombie. That contrasts to the realistic war shooters that that Call of Duty is the uh, you know flag holder for, where your the hundreds and hundreds of things that you're killing in the game are actually human soldiers that are meant to be represented relatively realistically in a contemporary in a contemporary context too. <laughs> yeah, at least in my mind, I the. I tend to play the games in, in the former category, um, I've, and and not in the latter category. Uh, I don't I don't know if there's an explicit moral reason for that, other than, I mean, most of my motivation is it tends to be more fun to me to kill kill zombies and and boogeymen uh, than the idea of uh, trying to put myself in the position of someone fighting against the Russians. Well, at my age, I just prefer them because they're slower. <laughs> It's a way in which a certain uh, a certain swath of of the the medium has resorted in order to get audience members or to to make money, and I think we're talking about it because it's been uh, it's been particularly successful. Yeah, it's basically a, it's a it's a money making formula right now. Yeah, yeah. The, though I mean, as we as we saw in in the best selling uh, the best selling games categories, and I'm sure if you look particularly on the best selling iOS games, it's not really representative of of games as a whole. It just tends to be you know visible because of how transgressive in uh, and how how much of a hot topic violence is, particularly when kids are involved. Yeah, and when you and when you buy. Um... You know who who's going to buy a sixty dollar game the day that it comes out? You know it's it's sort of the the gaming world has standardized around the AAA military shooters and the sports games because they're all playing online and you can't be late to the party with those games for the most part, right? It's sort of like the 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 the, the equivalent in television is is either sports or American Idol. Well, they're proved franchises, and and again when you Consider the fact that that a AAA title for a console is twenty to fifty million dollar investment. You don't make very many mistakes and and stick around. The the question I'm trying to I'm sort of circling around in my mind is is like, are we more offended by the the fact that uh, the Call of Duty games are super successful and they keep making new ones and it has this this disturbing aspect of it versus the smaller games that like postal that not that many people play that are uh, transgressive and and pretty gross but we can sort of dismiss in, in a way because 
they're more out in the wilderness. I, that's a great point. I think you throw out the postals. Those get lost in the noise because I can find a bunch of films that, that you know, fail that same test. Yeah, it's like the, the cannibal holocaust. Exactly. Uh, yes. There's always going to be a, a stack of those somewhere. The exercise that I was kind of going through in my mind, and you know, to some extent that was debunked a little bit by the top ten list, not completely, but you know, when you walk into a GameStop and you look around, what do you see? Or if you were to randomly pick a game off a shelf, what would you get? A dude with a lot of muscles. A dude with a lot of muscles and a lot of guns running around shooting things. I mean, that's that's sort of the most likely outcome. And there have been so many things that have evolved and changed. I mean, Tobal talks a lot about how the most successful free-to-play in Facebook games are all nonviolent. There's there's nothing at all there. And that and the whole iOS revolution in general, outside of the whole wicked free-to-play uh, thing, um, he said with a double standard as he pumped more money into World of Tanks, um, <laughs> is... Uh, you know, kind of this 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 general trend that that touched on. You know, the Wii was a part of that as well, opening up games and making them more accessible, and sort of the acknowledgement that a lot of really good and interesting games can be made that aren't super violent. But there's still a lot of money, and you know, when somebody goes to make a default game, we often see guns and violence. Well, so is it like, is it the default game for a particular audience? Because it seems like. Um, you know, however problematic we find the division hardcore versus casual games, uh, it seems like casual games tend to uh, to fall in the category of more puzzle games or, uh, you know, cut the rope or uh, or Farmville or or, or games like right. that. Some, that. Some of this, I think, is is simply technology driven. the The Facebook games are are generally Flash or HTML five, and while somebody may do a technology demo of of doing quake 2 in javascript by and large it's it's not going to be an interesting experience and anybody who does shooters is going to compare it against state of the art and it will fall way behind similarly playing shooters on a touch device ipad or uh iphone i haven't yet seen one that works well, there, there are a few games, but not many. They're, they're certainly not successful. And I think if you look at arguably one of the most successful iOS hardcore games, Infinity Blade, it's not really that violent. Yeah, I mean, it involves swords and uh, jumping up and uh, stabbing people through the head. But there's not there's not that much blood. Um, it's pretty comic. Again, it's constrained by the user input device, which in some ways is very powerful. But for that sort of thing is actually really not suited that well. But there were there were violent games that people got up in arms about, certainly before there were first person shooters, right? Like the the Mortal Kombat's of of the world. Well, Mortal Mortal Kombat was was certainly the progenitor of that. I think that was the first because it it brought a level of now. Death Race is probably uh, beats that. Oh yeah, you're right. That's a good point. Yeah, it seems implausible to me that the the fact that most most of the popular games on iOS and and Facebook um are nonviolent um strictly because of of technology uh just because there are so many ways to uh that have been proven out to Yeah, no, to I'll, make I'll, violent, I'll 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 call I'll call bull on that. I mean, look well, but but it, but it could I mean, you could imagine that 
the first person shooter has uh has so um that that's the formula right now that that violence is uh has been proven out in 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 modern games and uh you know i i think you could make an argument that uh, if you can't if you can't realize things along that level then uh you want to uh ha- find some other go-to money-making uh thing which happens to be pego clones well now. today uh today february 20th on the app store the number one game is a headshot sniper game and then oh, so much from all the way down from there <laughs> you have minecraft star wars um a uh, adventure time game fruit ninja um, that that cool looking plague game and uh, you know a couple tower defense a couple angry birds you know that that's what you get so there's one violent game which happens to be number one what's uh, the the violent game it's, it's not doesn't look very good it really looks awful <laughs> it's called clear vision two it's a it's a stick figure uh, headshot game that uh, I played this on flat I played one of the flash versions it's pretty immature um, sorry dude. 17 plus not suitable yeah. for children. Oh, everybody's going to have it yeah. now. But it's not, you know, there aren't 10 of those games in the top 20. It's one or two and then just a whole diverse range, which probably not that different than if you picked a random day and walked into a movie theater. There's a whole range of movies, including one action movie, one violent movie, or 10. I mean, there's also a very long tail of, of things that... Uh, that talk about totally different topics. <laughs> yeah. Uh and that that correlates with the the I mean correlates both with the you know double A or single A movies uh but also with with the uh independent movie scene that you could see as a corollary to the independent gaming scene. The Jonathan Blow lecture that I I listened to today where he was talking about uh, when talking about how to make games that are good and worth people's time uh he highlighted a lot of you know best practices in uh game design that sort of boil down to manipulative strategies that uh that activate people's uh, buttons in, in a similar way to the 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 ways that the dinging sounds and the the bright flashing lights of a slot machine uh, uh make make what's you know fundamentally a random number generator uh combined combined those with uh the the chemical reactions to the 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 winning and loss and the the sort of skinner box of the intermittent reward of that uh makes something that is like is not at all interesting uh compelling to people because it activates those those synapses i think the violence is a very similar category of of activating a certain explosions uh car car chases and topless women and and you've you've got a a hit there you got a stew going and and big guns don't i mean let's not forget whatever whatever symbolism might be there they (laughs) they've certainly got them but you know and i i don't want this to to be a get off my lawn kind of discussion uh when it when it comes to violence and games and and all that stuff I think, you know, one of the things that they got the ball rolling for me thinking about this was uh, a couple interesting articles talking about violence that the No High Scores guys uh, were, were were publishing. Did you guys read those? There's one that talked about Dishonored. Yeah, well, there's there's No Violence, Please, We're Gamers by Matt Thrower. And then uh, Barnes wrote Rethinking Mass Murder. One of the, one of the threads that, that they were sort of stringing as they were talking through this was that 
you know, it's not about violence being bad per se. It's just that we sort of, you know, slam the car into top gear and never take our foot off the gas when it comes to, to many games these days. And when at a time when so many other, you know, when so many games are doing interesting things and, and having all kinds of exploration, it's just like this default knee-jerk reaction that happens in games. And it shouldn't be something we take for granted. Yeah. Well, and, and the, the judgment on it is is not at all to say that uh we don't enjoy playing games like that (laughs) like i i enjoy getting a headshot as much as the rest of them and uh you know as i've i've said in this podcast like the first person shooter is my uh go-to sort of entertainment genre and i'll play games that like you know kill zone and and gears of war that uh that have a lot of these objectionable qualities to them because they're in in fact fun and entertaining and, and engaging but i think like where the questioning comes into it is when that's the only option or uh or all you play is is those games you know we talk a lot about the eating only candy versus uh versus eating vegetables metaphor you know la- last time we we recorded you talked about mirror's edge and how it took a different approach to you know you pick up a gun you shoot it you you keep moving um the movie equivalent of that for me in some ways was uh the movie Heat. You guys both saw Heat, right? Nope. I I have not seen Heat. Seriously? Are you kidding me? Wow. Okay. So there's this movie called Heat, and uh, has a lot of big names in it. But they have a a scene like a like a heist scene in the movie, and there's a shootout. They had, in some ways, a very differently realistic depiction of that shootout, and. You know, about halfway through the fight, which took a very long time. It was like 20 minutes or 40 minutes or something. Like, there were just bullet holes everywhere. So they still had infinite ammunition. They didn't <laughs> but but, go but for the point realism. was, you know, I, I, I think often you don't see that in the movie except when it's done for comedic effect. Clearly, this guy has just fired 50 bullets. Like, what is the, what is the consequence or what is the side effect of that action? You know, you don't just do that and have nothing happen. Well, but like you look at games like uh, Hitman or even to some extent Dishonored, right? Like either actions have consequences or there is this this sort of assertion that, yes, you can kill five guys without impunity, but you walk into the middle of five guys and you're dead meat. That's just, you know, it's not going to fly. Uh, it's interesting. Yeah, well, and, and, uh, and Gears of War is actually... Uh the or and cover based games are are like that. Lot, I guess they like have developed. That's a good point. Yeah, we we've gone yeah. a long way from just power armor and boom boom boom. Yep. Tarantino always comes to mind when I think of these kinds of things, because his films are over the top violent, but also intentionally so. Right. That's that's the whole point. Maybe there's not much to say other than I don't always think games are that sophisticated <laughs> in their approach. I think Tarantino falls into the category for me where we're often, uh, I mean, the Kill Bill movies I was turned off by. Um, the I don't know if, if it was just because I had already seen a bunch of Tarantino movies and I had sort of, you know, got the point of uh, his uh, violent imagery as uh, as a reference to old movies and, you know, the badass Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction uh, type thing but there there really wasn't that much appealing to me about the the kill bill movies the violence in in them seemed 
not particularly nuanced uh and the the justification of it being a uh a filmic reference to these these like bloody samurai movies did not seem strong enough to me to to justify the movies Uh, certainly those movies uh, especially kill bill one right is not a movie i'd ever recommend to an average person I also I also really thought about Let the Right One In, which, Jim, you've seen, right? Yeah, that's the that's vampire, vampire movie. movie. Uh, it's on Netflix, Tom. Okay. And uh, I like that. Swedish vampires. Swedish vampires. vampires. Um, I, I like that because, you know, first of all, so much of the violence was implied, which nobody does anymore. You know, the kind of tension and threat. And then at the end of the very end of the movie, there's this extremely graphically violent scene but it's in a sense or it was from my perspective very appropriate because you'd gone through the whole movie kind of being aware that you know one of these characters is a monster then it's revealed to you and you sort of kind of have to go oh yeah i'm not going to be lulled into this false sense that there's a happy sunny world somewhere this is this is heavy stuff when we talk about i mean we've already talked a bit about special ops the line i mean we should talk about it a bit now but i think that the thing about the the quality of, of violence in these movies that we find uh intriguing is the is the the lack of romanticization of it also the brutality having an emotional impact that it probably should rather than being a something that people laugh at in the theaters like I can't imagine people laughing in the theaters. Well, I sorry, I can't imagine people laughing in the theaters about <laughs> let the right one in. But they still shouldn't. <laughs> the equivalent moment in Special Ops: The Line is among the the, the many things that that happen in the game uh, involving uh, disturbing violence. There's a scene in in which you and your your crew of of two men are trying to get your way through these like American barracks, but you have in your head somehow that, that they're the bad guys and they're trying to, they're, tr- they're like killing civilians or, or whatnot. And your only solution uh, in order to get past them, you can't possibly run past them or, or kill them. So your only solution to, uh, to get past them is to shoot white phosphorus on, on top of all of them only to learn afterwards that among the people that you shot white phosphorus on were a bunch of the civilians that you're trying to protect spoilers right the moment in which you realize that in 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 the game and it's it's very bizarre because the you know you as a player have a a very different emotional reaction than uh your character in the game who is just like you know we just have to ignore this you know we we have to move on that grotesqueness is i mean you can argue whether or not it's it that scene is is done for for shock value but for me it falls into the category of where there an effort has been made to tune the the emotional impact of the the use of violence with some some sort of either commentary or narrative arc that uh the the makers are 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 trying to uh, achieve uh, rather than just to uh to cause you know certain synapses to fire yeah and you know it may be hard, and you know I, I don't think we can condemn what appears to be a very sincere attempt to to get this stuff right if it's a little off off key sometimes. Although the headshot thing still kind of gets to me. 
I mean, the, the headshot is where, you know, regardless of it being a, uh, a commentary on military shooters, you still get achievements for making headshots on uh, American soldiers. They certainly didn't get it perfect. And it's the, you know, I could certainly argue that certain scenes for it were, uh, were successful to me. Uh, but, but that is because so much of uh, these tropes and, and these uh, mechanics uh, in the first person shooter are ingrained into our uh, what we come to expect from, well, and from that's, the genres. And that's the template that you you sort of work off of. They're clearly in Special Ops: The Line trying to make a game that is, uh, well, I guess it's a a, a third person shooter, but a, a shooter game that uh, that that reads as a shooter game, but has these things about it that that make you question it. And the I think the headshot thing is an area where they they put something in that is sort of necessary for it to read like a first person shooter game that ultimately subverted their, their goals. I, I agree with that entirely. In fact, when I read about that aspect of it, 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 um, for me, uh, made me mistrust most of the artistic rhetoric that they used describing the anguish and, and, and so forth that they were going for in the rest of it. By the way, the, the, uh, the crass numbers, apparently that, game ended up selling fewer than 250,000 copies and uh, was a major flop for 2K games in Lesson really? oh. yeah but but the I mean the headshot thing is interesting cuz in in the same uh you know all of my references are going to be to the uh the same talk uh, that Jonathan Blow gave but <laughs> at once at Bandcamp <laughs> yeah one one time at this uh, Jonathan Blow talk I mean video games and the human condition is very relevant to this this topic but I mean he talked about how in braid he wanted to make a game that was that really respected the player and and didn't use these uh manipulative game design uh aspects like for a number of reasons he wasn't able to to fully realize that one because his game had to have achievements in it yeah there was <laughs> no way was you could xbox chip on game. xbox without putting them in but yeah i wonder if that the headshot is uh the headshot achievement is well you could do an achievement for you know saving women and children or something i don't know uh the, the, every time you talk about the white phosphorus thing, and I think you, you spoke at, at greater length once about how you are railroaded into doing that. I keep thinking I keep thinking of Tom trying not to incinerate his companion cube in Portal. Oh, yeah. It's just, there's, <laughs> you know, part of the problem with the game is there's just no way not to do it, um, and that, that affects the emotional impact it has uh, one way or the other. Well, yeah. Well, similar in uh, in Catherine, you you don't have a choice to to not be unfaithful, uh, and that's an aspect of the game that you sort of have to deal with and frames the rest of what's going on. Uh, and you know, I think in in games, periods where you where you don't have choice can be very useful. Though, if it's something like this where it's trying to look what you did, look um, what you did, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, in Catherine, it's like a setup for everything else that, that goes okay. on. Yeah. Whereas, whereas in this, it's like it's like, oh, you really did something wrong. It's like, well, <laughs> what you do you want me. me to do? <laughs> I had to get to the next scene. Yeah. One of the things that peeves me, and we, we've talked about this before, you know, offline, is the fact that there just don't seem to be credible romantic sex themes that that get to get woven into these games. And uh, we've had some discussions about that. I mean, Tom, I think 
you you had the knee jerk reaction when we first started talking about this that there's something more troubling about having sex in games versus all the gratuitous violent ex- violence examples we've talked about. You know, sex position or background is is probably no different uh, than than any other toys in in games in terms of titillating people. Um, but in in terms of the fact that video games are something you interact with and that you you do emotion and cause emotion uh, on the screen or a sound effect, I, I, actually trying to to do anything that. Um, is seduction or sex um, fails for me? Hard to pull off. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't think I, I don't think there are any examples. Well, I think most of, uh, of well, it. Being let's just say successful. all of it is juvenile and stupid, um, and that's that's the problem. We we await Woody Allen's The Orb or the Orgasmatron. There have been some virtual boyfriend, virtual girlfriend games that are stupid. There's some real weird stuff that comes out of Japan. You know that applies role-playing game or character progression elements to to romance, uh, often in really twisted ways. Leisure Suit Larry was an experiment. You know, um, I mean, it was pretty tame, also. You know, by by all yeah. aspects. But I think that's one of the dividing lines. You know, between something that's just pornography and something that's exciting or titillating is you know they don't they don't need to do they don't need to show you everything, right? Yeah, well, and and even aside for sex, I mean, I think the the thing that is is lacking uh, is like actual like uh, complex adult relationships. Uh, I think when when there are relationships in games, it's like Jersey. Uh, it's play, it plays you know, out like I Jersey play, Shore, yeah. Yeah, or or, or it's it's a um, it's like a Final Fantasy style like uh, opera soap or otherwise. Yeah. Uh, versus the the film for me that pops up is is one one of the the more complicated uh, depictions of of a relationship, uh, which you know happens. Sex is not the primary thing, but it's involved. Is uh, Ingmar Bergman's uh, Scenes from a Marriage, uh, which which traces a, a couple over uh, I, I can't remember how many years, but a, a, a number of years. Uh, I think it was originally a, a, a TV series edited to a movie. Uh, but just goes into the the sort of messy, dirty back and forth uh, between like their relationship and contrasting it to a uh, relationship of one of their friends uh, and and them getting getting divorced and uh, periods of time where they get back together or they've married other people but they still have an emotional attachment to each other. Catherine is the closest uh, for that that we have in video games, and it's uh, it's more pointing at those those sorts of ideas than uh than actually really representing them in a a, uh, a complex adult way i would say is that is that exhausting a a idea or is it opening the door for a new genre i don't know if it's if it's either i mean i think it's uh i think it is an example of of uh trying to use the the topics of uh the topic of of relationships in a complicated manner well it's also unapologetically a game for adults right it, it might not even be that interesting to a non-adult i don't know yeah well i i don't know how interesting it would be for anyone i mean i i have a great time at at the bar like uh ordering a, a sake and talking to to my friends and answering text messages in a game um <laughs> but yeah i don't know how how compelling 
those those scenes of of being uh, i think in tom bissell's world a, a slightly douchey emo 32 year old uh <laughs> hanging out in in a bar with your slightly douchey emo uh 30 something year old friends. Uh don't know how compelling that is to the uh the audience that uh that buys the uh the Madden games the day they come out. <laughs> yeah. Well there's I mean there's also you know you you can go too far. I I certainly I don't have any desire to play Heavy Rain. Yeah, that game's fucked up. I remember reading the like the, I think the opening of the review that I saw was like I I spent an hour and a half washing dishes and playing with my kids and talking to my wife in the game instead of washing the dishes, talking to my wife and playing with my kid in real life. <laughs> yeah. And then there's that whole, you know, bad things happen to kids and, you know, I'm a parent now, so <laughs> I want to go easy on that stuff. Yeah. Well, and, and that's an example of, of like a pathway to go down that, that I think is, is like not the right pathway is uh, in trying to, evoke complex emotions it goes to the it always has to go to the serial killer where um you know your these emotions are evoked uh in you because of uh of loss and horror rather than because of of some other cause yeah and you know it doesn't help that uh uh in a portion of the game you you get to play a a female character who you know gets to go in the shower and and wash yourself off naked that don't know how much that contributes to the adult tone of it. That's yeah, that's a game mechanic, I guess. The other the other game that I think is worth mentioning here. Did you guys play The Witcher? I have not played The Witcher. Some you I have, played it yes. on the PC. So they they have this concept of um, I mean, he's a dude, he eats red meat or whatever. And uh he has Why am I dancing around this? Um, you know, he's the, he's a rough and tumble guy and he seduces a lot of women in the course of the story, or at least has the potential to. And they introduced this mechanic where you get a card for each uh, woman that you sleep with and it's R rated. And, you know, that was interesting to see in a game. I'm not sure that again, it's anything more than window dressing, but it's no different from an action movie that, that has, you know, the scenes like that in it too. Well, that that seems particularly pernicious in in that it's uh, it like rewards <laughs> that that behavior. Oh no, there are, than... there are all kinds of you know elements of it that are you know objectifying women and trophies and things like that. Um, but it's also sort of you know treating sex not as a giggly giggly thing, but just as a as something that the character does through the course of his adventures, which was kind of okay. Uh, not that it contributed anything to the story. But it wasn't like this whole like, teehee, you know, boobies kind of a thing. It's also set set in a Game of Thrones esque, uh, medieval like, but very gritty. They, you know, we have magic, but you know, no no unicorns. Lots, uh, lots of scars, yeah, lots of scars. I think whether or not uh, I agree that 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 is is interesting. It's certainly different than uh, the the God of War, you know cut sequences where where you press buttons uh to to make someone moan off screen yeah or or you know duke nukem uh need i say more yeah or any of these other girls gone wild kind of you know references in in these games that are relatively benign but you know are as as tiring to me as women that that just the laws of gravity would not allow them to stand in you know late 90s comic books or whatever 
Yeah. The 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 the, the problem is we're, we're we we're uh, alternating between uh, being nose in the air or holding our noses uh, at at and being prudish uh, about these exploitive things, either objectifying women or. Uh, you know, blindly be, being violent and and encouraging another new town, then then uh, uh, re, all, all you know, flipping back to oh, but these guys are are trying it in a in a deep way, and 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 they they've really thought about it. Uh, they say you know it's you know similar to to the the player. It, it's you know. With a heart. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think we're talking about good art versus bad art. <laughs> that that's the. Uh... Or well, yeah, but, but that was actually, you know, my my question about spec, spec ops. The the line is whether it's truly good art or even a real attempted good art, or or it's one of those uh, screenwriters on uh, coming up in the player who's, uh, you know. You know, the, you know, this meets that with Julia Roberts, and it's such and such with a heart. Uh, <laughs> that that um, you know that 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 not necessarily clear. I, I guess that's that's what the to me the meaning of the of the use of headshots through it is. It's it's, it's not really clear that that um, they could uh, overcome whether it's a movie or. A shooter video game. We're we're just going to drop back to that. I think Jonathan Blow in Braid largely does overcome. He 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 just simply chooses his own game mechanics and manages to uh, tell an interesting story and make a a, a hard game. Um, and the game mechanics are relevant to the way he's telling a story and it, it uh you know works on 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 several levels um these others largely don't they I, I that's why i i end up feeling far more cynical about them especially if they are are uh, trying to sell through gamestop rather than than be a true indie game the totally uh rough litmus test to to use uh i think about either the you know the quality of of the, the work of art, or you know the treatment of violence is is just like is it is it complicated versus is it very simple and is it uh, internally consistent with the the goals of the game uh, and uh, if it is internally consistent with the goals of the of of the game or the work of art or or whatnot um, is that a worthy project? Yeah, I mean that's that's well said, and it can be done. And and other people can reach for it and and miss. When when I when I do my mental survey of sort of the gaming landscape, right, and I think about the kinds of games that are being made, I feel like I can see the whole continuum of you know the whole spectrum of violence. Let's say, um, from you know present in games, from the sort of movies and games that I have no desire to see, uh, that have no merit, that are just you know, violent, shock, whatever, to, you know, action movies that are fun, but maybe a little over the top, uh, to, you know, something like The Mummy, where there's a lot of uh, cartoony violence, fun to watch, you know, all the way down the spectrum uh, to to children's cartoons that have action, but, but no real violence or consequences. There's always a parachute when somebody jumps out of a plane in G.I. Joe. When you look at 
themes of romance, themes of sex, you know, all those things. I don't see the spectrum in games at all. And I think we've danced around the idea that it may be just because it's not possible with games. Or it may be... I, pref- be- I prefer to think that it hasn't been discovered. Yeah, I, 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 that's my feeling as well. I think it hasn't been discovered, and I think we fall into these ruts of the girls gone wild kind of category of stuff because, A, you know, I mean, you look at what what's happened on TV, right? I mean, they're constantly pushing the bar to the point where a show like Two and a Half Men on broadcast television is extreme. Now I am get off my lawn. Is extremely <laughs> risque, right? Like if you showed it to somebody ten years ago, they'd be shocked. Um, it's not that big of a deal. It's mainstream, um, and right. You know, we have we have that kind of sex in video games, but we don't have any kind of meaningful treatment of relationships or romance or intimacy or anything like that. Yeah, I, I and in my mind, like it doesn't seem to me that that it would be that difficult to, to work that into a, a game narrative. I, I think the, uh, the, the people that we have uh, making games uh, right now thus far have not been super interested in, in doing that. I mean, this is another one of the, the, the things that Anna Anthropy talks about, but as the pool of, of the, of, of different sorts of people who, who make games increase, uh, the the diversity of people's uh people's interests uh in the sort of games that they want to make and also the sort of games they want to play uh will increase and also it seems uh there'll also be a point in which certainly not all people but uh a good chunk of people will start getting bored of the games that are out there and uh start rewarding people for for making uh making other sorts of games not quite there yet Start, start, yeah. starting to get there, but I, I can't even see it. But I just, I, I'm with. I think, I think we're all aligned here, and that we're all very interested in what that's going to look like. Right. I also hope we we keep in mind that that video games are a an evolving uh, technological creation, perhaps even more so than than movies. But even if we compare them to movies, we're about 1940 or so in terms of of the life cycle of this medium. And around that time, just about every movie was going to break off and have a musical number. Um, and that th- th- that was essentially the, the art form. Um, in in our, the case of, of video games, we have to, to keep in mind that um, we've moved from digital joysticks to the twin joysticks uh, that, that we use to interact with them now on console games. Computers pretty much are likely to stay with keyboard and mouse, but now we have a different form of, of interaction with touchscreens. And coming up, we've got, you know, whether it's Connect-like inputs, Wii-like inputs, or uh, even more interesting, uh, uh, the, the virtual reality-like inputs and outputs uh, trying to pull you in in, in in some way. I'm hopeful that uh, we're going to have have somebody, uh, some game studio or some uh, uh, essentially video game prodigy um, come up with a, a new way to get us to connect with what we're doing or being in, in the game world and that it might allow us to uh, you know, actually uh, explore 
these parts of relationships better than we've been able to so far. At this point in in the in film history, uh, the sort of uh, independent scene that we have in video games right now uh, wasn't as uh, wasn't a thing. It was it was all studios, right? Um, so I'm I, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic as well, Tom. And the irony, of course, is is that you know we're talking about uh, violence in video games, and the last three games that that I've played, other than Catherine, are Proteus, uh, Thirty Flights of Loving, and Dear Esther, which are about as far away from uh, violent video games as you could possibly get. Yeah, but you're weird. Yeah, well, then that, that's what I I I cross both worlds now. You, yeah, yeah, you pretty much flaunted, yeah. <laughs> first person shooters are for the young and the unemployed or 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 the people who started playing them young and and have uh have have 10 years on you yeah good point hey that seems like a good number to go out on this has been the game theory podcast episode 16 thanks for listening